Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Uh, today's Friday, August 25th, 6th. I hope that you are breathing deeply. You feel connected to your body and your breath and feel grounded. You can zoom out a little bit, you know, notice the colors around you, the scents, the smells, the touch, the feel of your clothes. I hope you feel loved and hugged and held. I appreciate you being here this morning. I I personally recognize I'm going through a major depressive spell. Uh, and I've been dealing with that by cold showers in the morning. Even though I'm getting eight hours of sleep, which is a sign that uh, I that which should be a sign that I'm I'm healthy and things are great and I should be waking up, clicking my heels, but there's a heaviness I'm experiencing right now, and I wonder if it's linked to the change in seasons. The sun is coming up earlier. Um going to bed at the same time but uh, I'm definitely sleeping deeply it has nothing to do with the quality of sleep I had four or five dreams last night I hope that in the morning you write your dreams down it's such great material for therapy if you're talking to your therapist or even talking to your friends family, loved ones, uh, or, you know, people, colleagues, just to hear their analysis of it, just to kind of play with the different ideas and notions and messages that might be coming up in our dream state. I find that discussing my dreams is uh, a much easier way to discuss my internal state than to just be like, well, I feel this or I feel that. It, it's sometimes more accessible for me to discuss what I dreamt about than anything else. And I've been having dreams about um, animals lately. And when I look them up, the same message keeps coming back that I need to strengthen my spiritual self. By the way, today's episode is just going to be ramblings <laughs> for 20 minutes of, uh, of, some, of some things that just stood out to me. From I, just, I went to Toastmasters. I learned some things from there. And, and then some things I want to read to you from a, a book that I'm reading and I want to share with you all. Um, but going back to the dreams... Also, what I love about writing down my dreams in the morning, because I like to journal, writing down my dreams is a an entry point 
into me and my state and where I'm at. For a lot of people message me about what to journal, how to journal. If you go to thrivewithleo.com, put your email in, you'll get a, a, a PDF from me on how I journal, what to journal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but one of the things I, I, I know I didn't include in that PDF about journaling is it's an opportunity to write down our dreams and to notice what are the reoccurring themes that come up? What are the, the messages? You know, if you're dreaming about animals, typically it's the same type of animals. I typically dream about some type of fish, whether it's a, a shark, a dolphin, um, a whale. It's, it's typically fish and cats, lions, cougars, tigers, and, uh, and dogs. I get dogs, wolves. Um, oh, actually, I get insects like ants and bees. So you start to notice these themes. Um, and what's beautiful about that, your dreams are doing the work for you. A lot of times, you know, we're trying to figure out what our north is or what's happening or what direction we should take or what does our life mean. And it's in our dreams that we can access that. And if you're one of those people who are like, well, I, I don't dream, or, or I would recommend you get a sleep study because uh, it's in our deep sleep, in our deep REM that, uh, that allows our body to recover, recharge, recuperate, allows our cortisol levels to reduce, and also for our, our ideas to coagulate. If there are challenges, obstacles, struggles, uh, problems that you're trying to find the answer to or alternatives or opportunities, it's in our dream state that can help us work through all that. So our body is always working, or I should say, uh, our body and our mind on some levels are working to guide us um, in a way where we think we have to use our, our self-will, our self-power, if I just sit and think about it. Um, no, man, use your dream state. You know, I'm reading Thomas Edison's or listening to his book right now, and he took so many naps. And his thinking was, it's in that, between that waking and sleeping state where the best ideas came to him. So he would sit in a chair with keys in his hands. And then when the keys dropped, it would wake him up. And then he would have the solution to whatever he was working on. So these great thinkers of our time, I view sleep as a way to um, connect with themselves and, and learn and grow. And so, if you, you know, and, and I bring this up because I know there's it's part of our culture to be like, I'll never sleep. You know, I'll sleep when I die. Sleep is a cousin of death. You know, that's like a hip hop Nas thing. And uh, it's, it's so far from the truth. I mean, LeBron spends billions of dollars 
uh, billions, millions of dollars a year just in recovery, recuperation, and making sure that uh, he's getting a great night's sleep. Um, so going back to the cold showers, when I notice that I'm in a, a deep depressive state, I, I love the cold shower in the morning. And I only I get in for anywhere from a minute to to three minutes. And some of the benefits of a cold shower is I just feel alive. I can feel my blood circulating. Uh, I, I feel present. That's that's the most important thing. When I'm when I feel when I'm in a depressive state, I'm I'm thinking too much about um, the things I don't want to do. You know, life sucks. Like it's just a a lot of automatic negative thinking. Um, But when I'm in that cold shower, boom, like it it hits me. And I think it was Karl Marx that said that the antidote to mental suffering is physical pain. Now, some people have taken that quote to the extreme, (laughs) but I feel like it's not so much about physical pain, but um, some type of physical engagement, whether it's taking a cold shower, um, uh, being in an infrared sauna, intense workout, um, you know, just something that engages your body. Even play. I mean, you can you can say pain, but even play uh, requires us to be present and to be thinking about only what's happening in front of us. If you're playing basketball or playing football or even playing a card game, is a, is a way of alleviating that mental suffering. So for me. It's a. Uh, it's all about that cold shower, and uh, it also reduces muscle soreness. You know, I like to work out. Um, I actually like to do the cold shower and then work out. Uh, it improves circulation, reduces pain, and uh, decreases that inflammation. So, when I'm in a depressive state, I feel more inflamed uh, in my body and my brain. I just feel heavier. And for those few minutes that I'm in a shower, I feel relaxed. I feel vascular. Um, and, and I'm not, and I don't want to paint it as a panacea. I, I don't come out the shower and I'm like, all right, I'm cured. It's just knowing that I have that space to go to, that I can have temporary reprieve in a very healthy way um, because, I, you know, some people would do, you know, food, drugs, sex, alcohol, anything to kind of numb the pain or to get them through. And then that just creates other issues and problems. So hopping in that cold shower is health. And, and if you've never done the cold shower before, um, you know, don't start off with it as cold as possible work your way up i've been doing this for years on and off and there are some mornings where i'm like i can feel that my body is like nope don't even think about hopping in that cold shower and i listen to that (laughs) but i want to go back into the journaling uh so what i've been doing currently is i do the cold shower 
And then I get up and I'll journal in the morning. And I journal four things, about four things. The first thing I journal is my dreams. If I've had any dreams, I write the, I write the dreams down. I even write down what time I woke up and what time I went to bed last night, just so I can have an idea as to what my circadian rhythm is. I'm fortunate where I don't, for the most part, have to wake up to an alarm clock. So I can really get a gauge of what my body's natural circadian rhythm is, right? Right now I've been waking up anywhere between 5.30 and 6.30, somewhere between there. Uh, this morning I woke up around six, but typically it's around. If I, I guess if I average it out, it'll be around six a.m. Um, and so I'll write down what my dreams were, and then I'll write down the three G's. The first G is uh, are my grievances. So anything that's bothering me, anything I'm upset about, anything um, that. Uh, is upsetting or frustrating, um, I, I like to air that out. Yeah, and you're like, in the morning? Yes, in the morning, just dump it out. Because that's when I'm very clear. And and it's not always, a. sometimes it's a long list, sometimes it's a short list, but at, at least I know, once again, it's about having that space to air out the dirty laundry. Um Because a lot of uh, research shows that venting to your friends or venting to other people, that doesn't really help. And what I find that's effective and beneficial uh, is writing down my grievances uh, in the morning, the things that that are bothering me. Uh, And some mornings I have, uh, there's nothing. Um, And sometimes it's not like about people. It could be like my lower back is bothering me or my sciatica is bothering me, or the fact that my, my, you know, my mouth is dry. It's not always these serious, you know, the state of the world kind of things. It, it can be little silly, goofy things, but yet they're bothering you. It's like that, you know, it's a pebble in your shoe. What, what's the pebble in your shoe? And we have to, we have to acknowledge that and validate that because it does affect us. And then the other G uh, are my gratitudes? What am I grateful for? So I, to me, that acts as a ballast for the grievances because, you know, when we talk about a, you know, being balanced. Um, it's not a, it's not about like being happy all the time. Balance is about acknowledging our our grievances or our shadow side or our dark side, but also then coming back and saying, all right here are the things that I'm grateful for and, and here are the, the, the things that I love about myself and care about myself, like balancing those things out. So I come back with the gratitudes and then I think about the future. And so then that leads me into the last G, which is uh, writing down my goals. So what are my goals? I, I, and then, you know, I write down big goals and little goals. So like big goals would be, performing in O2 Arena in London. It's a big goal. And then I have like little baby goals like drink water or, um, you know, kiss, hug and kiss my girlfriend. 
like just little things that um are that can be done right now more attainable and uh that that, that light me up you know sometimes i think when we think about goals it's like what's your five-year plan it's like no what about today what about just saying hey i want to eat a high protein uh low fat uh, and and fiber breakfast or whatever that is, right? Something that's right in front of you. Um, so that's what I journal about in the morning. Uh, my dreams, my grievances, my uh, my gratitudes, and then my goals. And then at night when I journal, I'll journal about what are my regrets from today? What did I do well? What do I need to improve on? And then what am I looking forward to? So what are my regrets? What am I like, ah, oh, I could have, uh, that, <laughs> I didn't, I, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, that's where all the shoulds come in. Um, and then, you know, what did I do well? It's like, how do I pat myself on the back? Like, oh man, I really love that you got in the shower this morning. I know you didn't want to. I know you were hesitant. I saw you procrastinating. It's a time to really have a, a conversation with yourself. Uh, or, you know, maybe you uh, really like the way, I, you know, I help the client out or uh, in my coaching practice or, uh, you know, the, the workout that I did or the way I engage with the community or whatever it is. Um, and then what, where can I improve of like, Oh man, you know, I noticed that that right hip is a little tight. So, you know, we need to improve that hip mobility or, uh, you know, a client brought this up and I, I, I was like, wow, I, I didn't realize how little I knew about that topic. And, um, so I need to learn more about that. Um, you know, so like work, what areas can I improve on or, um, you know, just scheduling things or planning or like, oh, I forgot my friend's birthday. I need to get, you know, I need to improve on um, memorizing people's, you know, names and birthdays or something, you know, whatever it is. And then what am I looking forward to? And, and this is fun because thinking about what you're looking forward to really releases dopamine. And it's so interesting when I ask people, what are they looking forward to in the next 24 hours or this weekend? It's like, you go, people go, oh, I don't know. They, they, like, they have a pause. Like, they're like, what? What am I looking forward to? I don't, I don't, you know. And, and so, and I recognize for myself, it's not something that my, my brain is wired to think about. Like, what am I looking forward to? I'm just like, Ugh, I'm just trying to get through the moment, you know. Um, and that's not fun, right? It's not fun to go through life like that. So, you know, once again, at night, I write down what, I'm, what I regret what I've done well, uh, areas I need to improve on, and what I'm looking forward to. And, and there are days where I just freestyle write. I just sit down and I just, I just need to do a dump, right, where there's, there's no formula, there's no nothing. I just write until I don't want to write anymore, until my hands get tired, or I feel like I've, I've exhausted uh, all the I squeezed all the juice out the lemon uh, I want to switch gears here for a little bit oh man we time goes by so quickly so uh, I went to Toastmasters last night and 
a friend of mine got up, gave a speech about how he did some LSD and then it triggered this major depressive episode and where he was sitting on his couch for a year, year and a half, just Netflix and chilling, Netflix and depressing, thought about ending his life. Um, and then he slowly started to turn his life around. He's like, I got to get off this couch. I got to, I got to get back into life. And he said, and it, but, but through all that, he lost his job. He had to sell his car. Um, and he, you know, he's just really struggling. And so as he's gotten himself back on his feet, he said there were three things that the experience taught him. One was to live a balanced life. And when I think about balanced life, he didn't really go into detail about what a balanced life look, looks like. But when I think about a balanced life is to like know like f- the things that you value and know when they're kind of getting out of, out of whack. Meaning like for me, there's six areas that I look at. My, my physical, my occupational, my social, spiritual, emotional, and mental. And so... When I think about a balanced life uh, and I feel off balance, I go, okay, which of those six have I been neglecting? And then I can go, okay, I've been working out every day, so that's the physical, occupational, I'm working every day. Social, uh uh-oh, I haven't really been socializing much. I haven't, you know, made an effort to invite people out to things or to engage in uh, social projects. So I need to improve that spiritually. Oh, wow. I really, I've kind of been dropping the ball on meditation and prayer and journaling, connecting with myself. So I'll go, all right, I need to, all right, I'm, I'm out of balance there. And then I go emotional. All right, I've been doing great with that, expressing my needs and my wants and, uh, and mental, uh, you know, I'm learning something every day. I'm reading a lot, practicing guitar, et cetera, et cetera. So when you know what you're, with the pieces of your life to balance are. I think we talk about having a balanced life, but we don't talk about what, what we need to be balancing. And so that's up to you. You know, everybody has their, their different pieces of the pie and what that looks like. So to even take the time to be like, what are the areas of my life that need to be balanced? And so that I can quickly recognize what's out of balance so I can address it and also communicate more effectively uh, with myself and with others as to what my needs and wants are. The second thing he brought up was uh, gratitude. And we talked about gratitude already, but not just gratitude for yourself. I think uh, I talk to people who make a gratitude list and they say, well, I, you know, I don't know what else to be grateful for. Gratitude is not just about you. Gratitude is also being grateful for the community, that you know you live in the the country the world this morning in my gratitude list i was grateful that um uh, i get to see parents walking their children or parents walking with their children to school there's something nourishing about that there's something beautiful and harmonizing and it it and I love the, the feel of community that comes with that, that I live in a space where I get to see parents and children walking to school. 
There's something about that that makes me feel safe and secure uh, and like, all right, there's love out there in the world. Because if, you know, I can be online too much and think that the world is crumbling. And then I see parents walking with their children to school and the kids are laughing and skipping and hopping and, uh, you know, they're high-fiving each other and you see the hugs. There's it, something very beautiful about that. Um, so gratitude, gratitude not just for yourself, but gratitude for what other people are experiencing, being grateful that, you know, two people are getting married right now. Like, think about that. At this very moment, somewhere in the world, two people are facing each other and sharing their vows, holding each other's hands, looking each other in the eyes, surrounded by loved ones. There's cake to be had pretty soon and, um, you know, dancing and music right now that like that's happening. And that's a beautiful thing that, um, regardless of what we think is happening in the world, that also is happening. Two people love each other so much that they're committing themselves to each other. And then the, the last thing that he mentioned was learn by doing. And I really love that one because I, there are times where I feel like I read too much and I'm not doing enough. And that's just me. But, but, I, but I, that's, a, that's a sign for me to say, okay, all right, what do I need to put into action? Because, you know, especially with these self-help books, they have so many exercises like do this, do that. And I'm like, whatever. Um, but to, to slow down and actually take action on the, some of the things that I'm reading uh, versus just trying to, um, uh, thinking that reading is enough, that learning is enough, uh, or listening to a podcast is enough. I love that you, I love that, you know, we get to talk and, and uh, share ideas and that you listen to the podcast. Uh, but I also am hoping that you're taking some action, whether it's taking a cold shower or journaling or meditating or, or uh, going into therapy or having a coach, like what behavioral changes are happening for you? Um, and, and what decisions are you are you making in that direction? So I appreciate you tuning in. I feel like I want to end with a quote. A quote about, let's, what's a quote about? Oh, man. Oh, okay. Bob Marley. You know, I, I, I write quotes down all the time. And, and I write them in different, journals different places i write them on cards or just they're all over the place and a quote i found this morning was from bob marley and he said everyone is going to hurt you everyone the the secret is is finding someone worth suffering for and i thought that was beautiful because he's absolutely right no matter who you're with at some point, they're going to say or do something that hurts you. It's the inevitable. Even if they have your best intentions, whether it's your mother, your father, your best friend, your government, the world, the, what your dog, sometimes your dog bites you or headbutts you or whatever. Everyone 
in your life, if they, if you are around them long enough, they will hurt you. The person that you idolize, whatever celebrity you're, you're, you look up to, they, they will say and do something if, if you follow them enough to hurt you. And you have to ask yourself, is this a person worth hurting for? And I think when we embrace that idea that it, it demystifies, it does two things. One, it lowers our expectations. It, it gives us, I don't want to say lowers, it gives us reasonable expectations of other people and also of ourselves, right? We no longer feel like we have to be perfect um, and, and do all the right things and be good all the time, right? Um, it's, it's, it's part of life. And, um, but we, we're, we're together, we can move forward and, and we can sit with it and we can breathe through it. We can talk about it and then, uh, we can still connect. It doesn't have to be the period on our life. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Remember this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other uh, 800 numbers that are listed in all the show notes. You can chat, talk, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.